Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Everybody, welcome back to another edition of the Teardown. My name is Jeff Buck, and I'm along with my coworker Jordan Bianchi. We are sitting outside in the fan zone at Phoenix Raceway. It's a lovely evening, Jordan, and uh, we have not got to catch up whatsoever <laughs> since the race ended. It's been go 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 uh, several hours ago now. I think it ended, uh, but Kyle Larson just wrapped up. In the media center, so here we are. Time to podcast and time to debrief on the championship day. Wow, what a day! What do you think? It was a really, really good race, and at various points, multiple various points, I thought all four drivers were going to win the championship, and I thought it was a very fitting finale in that Kyle Larson won the championship, and the season that he's having is historic there is no other way to say it and just just in nascar alone let's not even count everything else that's going on with him in in racing but he beat denny hamlin who arguably was the second best driver this year and then he beat martin trix jr in third who i had one of the best seasons also and chase Elliott was in the mix too but chase faded at the end it just to me looking at this I, i keep thinking about a column that you wrote back at knoxville was it after the knoxville where you declared him the greatest American race car driver living right now. And I think that is a very accurate description. And I think what he's accomplished even since then, this is a year you're going to look back on. Like Jimmy's 10 wins. I mean, he won 10 races this year. That's not easy to do in NASCAR. No, I mean, we thought we wouldn't see that for a while again. And I think, you know, I, I wrote that column before he won half of the playoff races. I didn't see <laughs> I didn't realize that until a Jennifer tweet after the race. She said, you know, Kyle Larson won five of the ten playoff races, uh-huh. just like Tony Stewart a decade ago. Uh-huh. And I'm like, holy crap. That is unbelievable. Like, I mean, he, yeah. yeah I, I think why we don't, I don't, say, I don't say we don't appreciate it, but why it goes unnoticed is it isn't with the same flair. It yes. isn't brash, cocky, Tony, you know, calling out Carl Edwards and throwing down the gauntlet and, and challenging him. Kyle's just a very unassuming, goes out, lets his driving do the talent. The only race out of this whole thing that uh, the pla- and I wrote about this on the Athletic this week is really the Roval, yeah. where that was a come from behind victory, and other than that, it's just like a ho hum victory. And I think that actually is what made today different. Really, outside of the Roval, all of Kyle's wins this year really straightforward. It's got a fast car, gets the lead, and just kicks everybody in the teeth. Right today, he struggled. They were not good for a good, not not bad, but they weren't the best car here, and they had to work on it. Got lucky with a, with a caution there. Took advantage of it. Excellent pit stop. But just impressive. This was a team win, too. I think that needs to be said. Like We hear a lot about Kyle Larson. We talk a lot about Cliff Daniels. But that pit crew today, what they did on pit road, that final pit stop, three spots, huge. 
Yeah. So there's, there's a few things there that you touched on and I don't want to skip over them. I mean, first of all, like you said, the race itself, um, there was, you, you raise a good point because I'm, I'm not sure I can recall, you know, again, I don't, I don't have the best memory on this stuff and how it unfolds, but where all four drivers legit had a shot at different points of this race. Um, I don't know that there's been another championship for where I thought, you know, usually it's like a couple guys are good or, you know, and one guy fades and you're like, Oh yeah, that guy just didn't have it. I mean, even, even when they run one, two, three, four, you're like, that guy just wasn't really in the mix today or something. But I mean, Chase Elliott, I, I don't know where he ended up, but for most of that race, he had, he had led the most laps for a while. Um, of course, let, let's back up because it looked like, Hendrick had the short run speed. Yeah. And yes, JGR had long run speed, but it didn't look like they had enough long run speed to overcome that. And then when the Anthony Alfredo caution happened and Truex had gotten on pit road first, and he, when, when that flipped, that was like, wow, there's the championship right there because suddenly he has the track position and the clean air seemed to be more important than Hendrick's short run speed. And it's like, whoa, here you go. Truex is in control of this race. This is going to be a Truex championship. Wow. And I was already thinking of all the storylines. I, I was, was thinking, <laughs> I was thinking, what are we going to say on this podcast about Truex? I think what we're going to say is let's just rewind to Darlington in May and we'll just talk all the stuff we said about Truex being the favorite yep. because he had won on the 750 tracks. We saw all the stuff with Larson over the summer. Why did we doubt ourselves? We should have no, 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 whoa, said, whoa, 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 whoa. Huh. Pump the brakes here. We did not doubt ourselves. You had Truex a lot. I had long. Truex. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, but, you know, why? I guess why Why did we let a yeah. distraction happen? Because clearly they were the best on the 750s all along. They're going to win it. And and then that's not what happened because no, another uh <laughs> I was waiting for my I told marker. you so, by the way. I was so looking forward to it. Say what? I was looking forward to my oh, I told Truex. you so. I was thinking about uh, I'm going to have to give Jordan credit on the podcast for getting the <laughs> champion right. Well. Guess who got it right, Jordan? Yeah, you nailed it. <laughs> you picked I mean, 300 drivers. You're bound to get one David right. Star, <laughs> thanks to David Starr and a miraculous pit stop from the pit crew uh, is why I won it. Otherwise, Larson was not going to win, obviously. He was no. the fourth best car, like you said. I mean, He was um, not good. Yeah, it, I was watching that and go, oh, Larson just doesn't have it today. 750 tracks. They just don't have it today, I guess. Because um, Elliott was going to beat them, even yeah. of their own Elliott, team. And that was yeah. weird how they flipped. Kyle Larson went from fifth, fourth, fifth, way out there and Elliot was leading to Larson leading running away to Elliot just sliding back yeah and I mean well it didn't hurt that uh it didn't brush the wall well that that too but I mean he gave Elliot gave Larson a huge <laughs> advantage by sticking that quarter <laughs> panel out there Do we? I, I missed it because I was doing some stuff post-race did we ever hear definitively was that an advantage or not because there was conflicting radio chatter yeah it was it was no, no. Hey, when Hamlin said that's a parachute, he was saying that in a complimentary way. Said, I did. Uh, that doesn't make sense to I you. Think. Uh, how is a parachute that holds you? That slows you down. He he was saying that. I think he was saying that in a good way, because like after uh, Truex and and Elliot were like, man, that thing was sexy, and Truex was saying, how come you <laughs> how come you couldn't do that to me, Chase? You know, you know, do me a favor so, there. So yeah. what we're saying is that Denny Hamlin doesn't understand what a parachute means. I I think you know just in that. He he was the the tone that he spoke with. Yeah, no. Overrode. I mean, I get what you're saying. Parachute sounds like yeah, that doesn't that would, would slow you down. But the tone he spoke with indicated like wow, look at that advantage yeah. they have. You know what I mean? Um, and and NBC did a fantastic job, by the way. Yes, of great documenting coverage that today. because I would not have seen that 
incident even and then they went they went back and replayed it and they zoomed in they said wow look at this this is what this means um so kudos to nbc by the way for really picking up on that they've had great coverage actually they honestly and and not to get totally sidetracked right like you're you're totally right because there was another incident too that uh, maybe the stenthouse lajoy yeah the stenthouse lajoy i think and their cameras were on that yeah they 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 had a replay of that like and not like one of those things where they show it from way far back in the turn and they're like, oh, see off in the distance here, like with the Quinn Howe thing, because I mean they're not gonna have a camera on Quinn Howe. Like when he went into the wall, they're like, oh yeah, it looks like he hit kind of hard. But like when the Stenhouse and LaJoy yeah. thing happened, they're like, here's our zoomed-in camera, like right on this. I was like, oh, they were on that. They did a good so, job. Yeah, that was good. And, and there was a m- couple moments late in the race too, where you had first and second of the title contenders battling, and then third and fourth title contenders. They went to a split box. I like that. And they also did that at Martinsville too. They actually went to a tri box at Martinsville, which was incredible, and they didn't miss anything. So just kudos to them for great coverage. Yeah, you know what? Because it's not only, I mean, not only do you not want to miss anything, but I think when you go to a double box or a tri box or whatever, and there's multiple things happening, you as a viewer at home are going, this is crazy. It felt like I'm Red Zone. This. It what? felt like NFL Red Zone. Yeah. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. You know, like you're yeah. kind of you're bopping like, around. There's a lot happening right now, and this is exciting, and I'm on the edge of my seat. Whoa, I look over here. I look over here. This is an exciting race. And I really think that, um, you know, stage one started out like really, really exciting, and it kind of calmed down. Stage two was kind of calm. But I mean, you know, obviously it ratchets up by the end. And I mean, for, for Phoenix, I mean, remember Phoenix this race, was a good race two years ago? Oh, yeah. I know Phoenix last year. Phoenix last year, yeah. I mean, no I offense. Mean, it wasn't the most. That was a track position race. There were some long runs. Yes, that there you were. were getting. Yeah, but even today though, the long we had long runs today. Yeah, and I but said, not long runs to end it. No, not long runs. But even the long runs were fascinating though, because going back to your point earlier though, watching Truex after about twenty, I think it was about 22, 25 laps somewhere in there, his car just clicked, and Hamlin yeah. got, and Hamlin was so good on long runs too. So watching those guys start to like just gradually knock it down, uh, to me as a viewer. That is exciting. I mean, side by side racing is great and everything, but that is the that is the crux of racing to me, and that that was fun to watch. Can I point something out, please? Uh, in, in on the topic of everybody had a chance to win today, mm-hmm. all, of all the four guys, if you take away those two cautions, which I know is asking a lot, because some <laughs> some somebody in the back of the field, as Truex said, is always going to crash for some reason. I just don't buy that and, though. I mean, I, I mean, you don't. Well, you I guess can't count on it. Year, but anyway, if you take those away, so first of all, the first one costs. Um, Hamlin because Truex got that track position and on that pit stop Hamlin came out first ahead of the Hendrick cars yep. they had their best pit stop so had Truex not and Blaney not already been on pit road Hamlin would have been the race leader at that point okay then the second one um, that that flip-flopped everything and that gave Larson to have a chance to have his best uh, second best pit stop of the year but whatever I mean three spots picking up on in that moment was i don't know i don't want to say it's the greatest i I don't want to say it's the greatest pit stop of the year but i'm hard pressed to think of a better one right now how how fitting and i think ryan mcgee was tweeting this in all caps so i don't want to you know he he had much more of a firm thought on this immediately in the moment than i did but looking back he's exactly right the last ever pit stop in the cup series with five lug nuts decided (laughs) the championship the final one was what the championship came down to well, agreed. Yes, that was that's very that is a very accurate description of what unfolded, and this is the last time. I just I always I always pause when you say that though, because I like, I still think pit stops are going to mean something. 
Well, no, I they'll mean something, sure. I mean, just like an yeah. F1 with one lug nut, they certainly mean something now. But I'm just saying the, the last sure. five lug nut pit stop of this era, I mean, as long as we've known NASCAR, at least not me, I mean... You're going to get emotional again? No, I mean, I've, I mean I've, already, been... I've already spent my emotion, but... <laughs> um, I know you well enough to know that's not true. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the, the final one, I mean, that, that was what decided it. I think that's a little bit yeah. poetic there. That's very true. That is a good way to put it. So, anyway, um, yeah, so like you said, uh, a very even sort of race, but ultimately in the end... You could. I felt like you could even see this from the drivers on pit road, like the the loser drivers. I'm trying to. I don't know what a better term wow. to say. Way to, go. Championship Way to call people names, Jeff. That's great. <laughs> Can't think of a better name. There wasn't like like I'm looking at their faces afterwards, right? Of course they're disappointed. Hamlin disappointed, right? Whatever. But they're not devastated. No. Because they did everything they could. Like Hamlin has. He said all week, I did my job. You know, as long as you know, I, I try to do my best I can. And I, as long as I leave the track knowing that I did my best, it's one race, and that's it. And I and that's what he said. And and Truex same way. I mean, Truex had it, but then the circumstances didn't go his way, and they had a bad pit stop, and that's it. He did his job. Yep. And I think that they all were looking at Larson's burnout and all that stuff, and going, "Yeah, I mean, the fastest car of the season won anyway." I mean, and and if you are a competitor in the garage. Rodney Childers tweeted something to this effect too, like, "Hey, like, I, I'm comfortable with the fastest car." And, and we've we talked so much on this podcast about credibility and the format sure. and the angst and me like saying, "Oh, I, I don't know about this format." Oh, you know, it's you said it really, that I didn't realize that. You know what I'm saying? And so, <laughs> when you have the best driver win, I'm not. I was not rooting for any one driver, but. When you have the best driver win, you're sort of there's sort of a comfort level sure. of like, okay, that was representative of the season as a whole, and I can accept that. Despite yes, the playoff format's weird. Yes, it's one uh, elimination race. Yes, David Starr's caution essentially decided the championship and cost Truex. Although Anthony Alfredo had awarded the championship to Truex before that, I guess. <laughs> um, yes, that's all weird still. But at the end of the day, best the, driver, best team, right. best car won the race, and won so the championship. And so you can justify it. Sure. You know what I mean? You can say everybody leaves and they say, "What we we saw what we thought was going to happen, essentially, all season long." But it was still exciting. Gave you something to cheer about, you know, and, and get on the edge of your seat about as a fan. You know what I mean? Um, it wasn't predetermined. And so after that, I flip flopped the other way. I'm like, "Well, oh, that was good." You know what I'm saying? Like, that was that was enjoyable. That was a good – the playoffs turned out, you know, I think how they're supposed to. And so, I like, again, it's all about credibility for me. This had credibility. It did, and we mentioned this last week, but the four finalists were arguably the, the four best drivers this season. And you can't argue – you can't – I'd be really hard-pressed to, to say who else, maybe Blaney, but these guys did the best at the end of the year. Today they, they showed why they, they deserve to, to be in that spot. And we don't have to even have half a worry about twisting ourselves into a pretzel to try to explain the race or justify it or, or, oh, you know, like, you know, when Quinn Howe hit the wall, if that had cost, if Larson had run over his debris. His yeah, it was just straight up. I mean, this was. Yeah, this like was nothing a, fluky happened. No. Nothing weird happened. No. Nope. There was this, no This late, was a race. This was a normal, yeah. unev- I mean, uneventful in the sense that, like you said, nothing fluky happened. There was no questionable cautions there's no controversies it was just a race a and they were allowed to race. race it out yes too so good. i mean to me it checked a lot of boxes it, it 
you know, that's that's how the season should end. You, you gave everybody a chance. Everybody was up there, and I mean, you're not gonna. It's never gonna be perfect. Whether it's true, like, yeah. And, and I, I think also to send the car out this way, and I'm not gonna get emotional, Jordan. <laughs> not gonna get emotional <laughs> about the car, but um, I feel like we should have some like violin music playing. It, it was good. I mean, it, this was a good fitting last race for this car. It wasn't like you like let's say the phoenix race from two years ago with the terrible rules package that nobody could pass and that they forced them to change it sure to the rules package it was so bad right um like let's say that had been the last race of this car you'd be like Ugh. see ya bye that's true that's true maybe that would have been a good endorsement for the next gen <laughs> yeah, i was car. gonna say you want to get the people excited about the next gen car yeah. go back and watch that race but i don't know ultimately i mean it, and you know you, we, we really can't even add more to this in a way because We've been talking all year about the year of Larson, and but let's just sort of run through some of the accompl- accomplishments off the top of our head. We're going to be a while. So double-digit wins, first driver since Jimmy Johnson in 07, won half the playoff races, led the most laps um, in the 36-race era. Really end up crushing Jeff Gordon's record for that. Mm-hmm. that and that's a very impressive stat. It's really impressive. Um, I think he ended up with like 20 top fives. Love the series in top fives, top tens, average finish wins. I mean, basically every major statistical category, he he led by a wide margin. Almost. Yeah. And the second closest driver, it was a tie between Truex and Bowman. They had four wins each. He more than doubled yeah. the next closest driver. Um, so, and in, in addition to the, the 10 points wins, which one of which included a crown jewel, um, Coke 600. Sure. He won the all-star race, which really could be the 11th win, but it's not, it's, you know, it's an exhibition Won the race. Bristol night race too, which is a huge deal. Bristol night race, sure. Um, so the, you know, as we talked about early in the year that I went to, the, the Knoxville Nationals is the biggest sprint car race in the world. And sprint car racing is all over the world. I mean, you know, Australia, New Zealand, everybody comes for that. Um, and it's the best of the best professional sprint car racers who are doing it. He is ask anybody in the sprint car world he's the best sprint car racer in the world then midget racing um, and he also won the king's royal this he did. year um he was they had two king's royals this year because one got postponed and his good friend sunshine tyler courtney who i got to talked to in victory lane for my story on the athletic was also here so his co-king was, was <laughs> here both kings from the king's royal were here but anyway so he, larson won that too um he also won the Prairie Dirt Classic, which is maybe one of the more impressive things he did all year because that's in a dirt late model, which he had, like, no experience at all till last year. Still doesn't have very much experience, and that was one of their biggest dirt late model races, so that's a big one. Um, and then the biggest midget race in the world, which is very hard to win and very competitive, and there's people that do that professionally, the Chili Bowl. Larson won that as well. So, I mean, when you take in the whole grand scheme of motorsports, um, not just NASCAR, not just dirt, but everything together. And of course you'd say, well, you know, he didn't run the Indy 500 or something or people will poke at it or whatever. But I can't ever think of, or even imagine another American race car driver in a single year in the same season doing all that he accomplished this year. It's, I'd have to go back and look. I mean, what you're, what he did this year, you're talking about what AJ Foyt did and what Mario Andretti did of something of that nature way back in the 60s. I mean, it, you'd have to go far that back. Over a course of years. O- over a course of years. Right. But, I mean, back then they were doing a lot of different things. I mean, you know, Mario Andretti won the Daytona 500, and then he'd go run sprint car races and everything else in 1967. It, it's, 
it's incredible. I mean, he is this generation's AJ Foyt, and it's, I mean, Tony Stewart tweeted after the race it's, he's that Kyle Larson's the best race car driver I've ever seen. Yeah, and I was just going to say the one thing it's it's unfortunate is we don't live in an era now where guys get to go do all of the different things where you don't get to run the Indy 500 and the Daytona 500 and he, all. He will. He'll run. He the will, 500. but I mean I, I I'm sure But there was a time when yeah. it was a common thing. When and it also it, we we, we would have seen a Jeff Gordon do that. We don't get we you know that that to me it's it's he's a throwback in a lot of respects. It's great to yeah. see and it's going to be fascinating to see what he does when he goes to Indy, because I look at a guy like Kurt Busch, goes there with no experience at all, finishes sixth. I mean, I, I keep going back over and over and over again to that interview that Kyle Larson did, I think it was in July, with Nate Ryan, where he really openly said, and I think that was the first time I'd heard it, that's why I keep thinking of it, that you know he really wants to go down as like the best all-around race car driver ever. Like That's his goal. And so, in order to check that box, he had to win a NASCAR championship. Yep. That's done. In addition to the dirt races. And that's why I say, of course, he'll do the Indy 500 at some point because he he wants to be known as, like, this great all-around, I can, you know, any any. He wants to join the Mount Rushmore of American race car drivers. Yeah, I mean, I don't, how much more does he have to do to do that? Oh, he's got a ways to go. I mean, you look at the guys on there. It's Foyt, Andretti, Gordon, and we can debate the probably the the fourth spot but i don't larson's not ready to join that list yet i mean what does he what else does he have to do he's got to have multiple cup championships daytona 500 no daytona 500 wins no indy 500 wins there's there's still a ways to go for him no uh he's won the rolex 24 um but let's be candid when he won that race he was kind of a the, the bench guy so to speak so you'd have to see kind of a dominating performance he's got he's building a very good resume but he's only what 27 i mean so he's got a ways to go that that's a really damn impressive list of accomplishments at 27. Um, let's if he keeps doing this, then yes, absolutely. But I, I'm not ready to put him on that list. No, yet. I'm not saying he deserves to be on there right now. I'm just asking you what else he has to yeah, do. Yeah, I mean, what Indy, Daytona, what else? Yeah, I mean, I mean Daytona 500 would help. Uh, Southern 500. I don't know that you have to win Indy to do oh, it. Oh yeah, I absolutely. Mean, if you want to be known as one of the best American race car, you just said Jeff Gordon's up on there and he didn't win. The yeah, well, Gordon has got eighty some wins and four Cup championships, and also didn't ever the op- never took an opportunity to do it. So, no, well, I don't know. Can he be up there then? Yeah, it's fair. I don't know. Anyway, that's a podcast for another time. But oh, you got me wondering. This is uh, great. <laughs> I'm gonna sit here thinking about this all night. He's my fourth in my Mount Rushmore. I mean, we always say, you know, there's like a. Like on TMD on the morning drive, they, yeah. they have their Mount Rushmore of yeah. various things, and of course, there's Mount Rushmore of NASCAR drivers, but American race car drivers overall. Which put Petty Earnhardt on there? What's their cross? What? What? I'm talking about all around though. Oh, well, I don't just have. I mean, I'm just thinking of the greatest drive. I mean, I was just thinking of the great. You didn't Ameri- even mention Jimmy Johnson. Ooh, wow! Now I feel bad. Yeah, this this will be an off season podcast or something. Anyway, <laughs> um, and my so, wheels are spinning. By the way. Um, for a while there, <laughs> early in the race, I thought, oh, okay, maybe this is the day where uh, <laughs> I know you're going with this. the champion does not win the race because I thought Harvick looked really good for yeah. a while today. That they, I mean, he had a fast car. He did. Blaney had a fast car. Blaney ended up finishing fourth, by the way. He broke up the one, two, three, four from the champion, uh, the championship guys. Elliott finished fifth. Um, but yeah, for a while there, I was like, "Oh!" And then, and then the championship guys just turned it up another notch, I guess. And, um, but yeah, I mean, this I, I get the sentiment on Twitter where people are like, "Oh, they just let those guys race or rigged or they lay over for them." But I, I felt like, 
Harvick didn't look like he was laying over for anybody. No, that looked like a guy who that. wanted yeah. to not go through a season without winning a race. And and how about that? By he the hasn't way, won, yeah, it's incredible. He officially completes a winless season. Nine wins last year to zero this year. That's. I mean, it's been done. I mean, Carl yeah, Edwards has had a similar season. Kyle Busch has kind of had a similar season. Yeah. I mean, it's it's crazy to think about though, and yeah, and and his winless consecutive winless streak. Dates back to 2000. He has last time he had won a race was 2009. That's a pretty darn impressive list. Yeah, or I mean run. that consistency. I mean that's a huge pride mark for those guys. Is like winning at least one race a year. Huge. Um, but I mean, yeah, it's it's wild. I mean, this is just uh, it just goes to show you how much, and even the championship race itself. No matter how much we talk about it, it's very hard to put your finger on what's going to happen. You mean they, they have to race it out in yeah. the end. And, and sometimes it comes down to weird cautions or little things or pit stops. or And so how can you predict that? Like I can sit here and say, oh, I said Larson was going to win it. but You did already. <laughs> well, I did, I did say that in that voice. But what I'm saying is I really have no right to brag about that because never I, lucked, I lucked into that pick, essentially. Okay. You know, because who knew that? That caution was going to come out. Who knew his pit stop, his pit crew was going to have the pit stop of the year? That was incredible. I, mean, I thought they were toast. Absolutely. I was like, oh, man, what a disappointing. Yeah, I was like, man, he faded like quick. I'm like, I might pick up a spot here, but three? Woo. And then it was like, well, did he take two tires? Like, they had to take two tires, right? Yeah, that's what everybody. No, yeah. <laughs> like, no they took four. Yeah. Like, surely that can't be a four tire pit stop. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, amazing. What else stuck out to you from this race? Sorry, I'm still thinking about Mount Rushmore. Oh, sorry. Distraction. <laughs> I can't believe I forgot Jimmy Johnson, by the way. Um, but what else stuck yeah, out Yeah, you know, race? the guy who was driving that same car yeah, last year. Good point. Same crew chief. Yeah, same team, but maybe didn't that's why any I didn't races. Want to, maybe I didn't want to mention that. Didn't win any races, but then that car won 10 races in the championship the next year. Okay, that is a road it. I'm not going to walk down right now, Jeff. So you Maybe just, that's why you didn't put him on your Mount Rushmore, even though I've already said he's the greatest NASCAR driver ever. Yeah, and I, I have too. I actually yeah. think he is the greatest NASCAR driver of all time. I just didn't. Well, not a good look, though. No. I'm going to say not a good well, look. I mean, I mean God, everybody gets old, man. I quote, yeah. my, quote Rocky Three, man. We all get old, Stallion. I, I haven't seen Rocky Three. What? No. Oh, sorry. Oh, oh. Sorry. Okay. Is that a Rocky Four bothering to you? No, I haven't seen any, any beyond Rocky One and Two. I stopped there. Okay, Rocky Four is one of the greatest movies of all time. We'll talk about this another time. Okay. Anyway, back. Sorry. What else stood out to me today? Um, it's a good question. Kozlowski having beers on. Uh, yeah, that was that was a cute moment. That's, you know, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> cute. Yeah, starts his new he job this week. Big glass. Yeah, it was you know, call back everything. It's it's nice. N- n- it was a uh, nostalgia because yeah. fa- you know, boy, my Twitter lit up when I tweeted a picture of that glass. I don't know if it was the exact same glass. Probably was, but yeah, good for him. Um, it's just uh, people love nostalgia. They're like, oh they man, do. 2012, they do. good times. It was a, I don't know. It was a. I, I'm thinking about this weekend and this event, and it felt. I kind of we've talked about this before, but it felt this was cool. This was a did a nice Phoenix did a really nice job with this. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, felt big. It felt big. There was there was definitely energy here. Crowd was into it. Crowd was into it big time. I mean, driver introductions today. I mean, they lit up Kyle Busch. They lit up Joey Logano. Yeah, when they had this like they were driving them by the stands and yeah. the pickup trucks, and they you'd hear like ooh, and then you hear the next guy come by. Yeah, it was yeah. It was a this was a really cool thing, and I've never. This, I'll be honest with you, I, I did not miss Homestead. This was actually, this felt, eh, eh I, I don't know. Like, 
I didn't get. I don't know if I want to go that far. I never. I, I will say this at Homestead. I never got the energy from a crowd and the reaction. I don't. Never, at least I don't remember it from a crowd at Homestead. Yeah, I, I don't remember being years here, and and it's to yeah, me. It's, I still kind of think Homestead Championship track. It'll take a while to shake sure. that. But like you said, Phoenix did everything you would want them to do from a track standpoint. They they blanketed the town. Yeah. With um, you know, in the airport on buildings, billboards, you know, freeways. I mean, banners. I, I mean, you knew the championship race was in Phoenix. Yeah, it felt like they open arms. This is like you're yeah. hosting the final four kind of thing. The yeah. other thing that stood to me, and I, we mentioned this, is this track. This track can be really hit or miss, and it's I think often not good. I mean, it's just it can get spread out, and the racing is. Think today though, I just I thought the racing was so good. Tell you what, that resin worked. Screw good PJ point. One. That is a really good point. Screw PJ well, One. I mean, we, we've never worked, yeah, back. it's never coming back. You're gonna put that thing in the the dumpster with the caution clock and some <laughs> other stuff. That, the resin, baby. That was great. We've seen that. I mean, it's it worked at Nashville. It it's worked at did it work at Michigan. Michigan, I think, was good. Didn't they? Um, weren't they gonna use it at Texas, and then they ended up using the PJ One yeah, again? Would not or surprise me. Or no, maybe no. They did do the resin, but there was PJ One underneath it. There was something. Well, Texan. Well, the problem with Texas is that that track is like yeah, it's seeped screwed. into yeah, like the yeah, track, yeah, and that's that's a whole up, different. Yeah. That's, we can spend an hour talking anyway, about Texas. I just didn't want to like sing resin's praises too much. No, but I mean, I think you make a good point though. It was great, and I think today's race was phenomenal. I really yeah, thought it, it was a really good. Because you had the top lane, the bottom lane, really. It guys even making and passes, and, and I like seeing guys. They could race cleanly yeah. side by side, and you know. hard racing, and you'd Hamlin, and I mean Elliot and Larson. There was a we, we mentioned the contact there, but they had a couple moments where they were they looked like there was like there was one moment where was it Elliot that kind of I think Elliot backed off because he could have spun Larson, and it was it was a really good race. And I, I like to see guys who are good on long runs versus guys who are in short runs and the strategy of that. And I, I just thought it was in Cliff Daniels making adjustments and how you counter that. It's good stuff. Also, the restarts here. I mean, I was up in the press box for most of the race, and you're looking kind of like down behind the field as they fan out, like right past the start-finish line. I'm sure anybody in the stands probably sees the same thing, uh, at least on the new stands, the new, the new part. But that's like one of the most incredible sights in all of NASCAR racing. When they shoot down on the apron and they fan out all the way across and they come up back into turn one and they all merge <laughs> back up together, and you're like, ooh. Wow, they all made it. Like, yeah. it's really thrilling. I mean, I'm not the first person to say this, and it's been said many times, but it's interesting watching a Formula One race where it's, you know, track limitations yeah, right, and you right. can't run off the track in here at Phoenix. <laughs> how far low, how far down can you go? It's like, it's Dude, great. there was this one time I, like, so the pit road wall, I'm sure they didn't. You're talking about Chase it. Elliott? Yeah. Yeah. Did they show that on TV? Yes. And I thought, I like, I saw the replay and went, what the hell? Like, he's going to hit the. They, he probably came within. I mean, it, it looked, looked like close. two or three feet. It looked within close. Hitting, it it looked closer wall. than that, even. Like <laughs> I was like, "Wow!" Like his back end looked like he was gonna clip. I was just yeah. waiting for him. Like that is gonna be gnarly looking. Yeah, that was really. That was as low as I saw anybody go all day. Um, yeah, that was. That was that we was should have a contest nice. like each race. How low can you go? Well, I was thinking, I like after watching trucks up there on on Friday night and stuff too. I was thinking we're not gonna get through this weekend without somebody actually hitting that. Like completely of their own doing, just being like one of the biggest goof ups because they, you know, tried to go low and just nailed the pit road, pit road wall. I we're gonna see Elliot do that. Yeah, he almost did. That Can we talk be. about Ben Rhodes? Uh, well, yeah, we could talk about the other races. I mean, do you want to um, do you want to do the was it a good race poll guess uh, for Cup, or do you want to come back to that um, when uh, we wrap up? the podcast you want, in yeah, you're the good race poll champion. So I'm you already get to the decide. champion. I already went and clinched it. 
So I you mean, decide really nothing to play for now, <laughs> except pride, which I have a lot of apparently. Um, anyway, uh, let's just come, let's just wrap up with that at the end. So let's let's talk about um, Xfinity and trucks first. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So um, Xfinity, well, so here's, here's something interesting. After the X- truck and Xfinity race, I was like, ooh, there's kind of a little pattern here because Ben Rhodes won the title and he wasn't really like the theme of the season, story of the season, storyline, like John Hunter Nemechek or Sheldon Creed maybe would have been, even though Creed wasn't even in the Final Four. But you would have said, well, one of those two guys is going to win it. And then in Xfinity, we all kept talking about Almondinger and Sindrick, those are the two favorites and stuff. And then Gregson was coming on late kind of thing. And Hemrick, of course, he hadn't won a race. So, yeah, he had good finishes. But you're like, I don't really know what they were talking about him as champion. I wasn't. Um, anyway, so after those two races, I was like, ooh, I bet Cup's going to have, like, some weird, hard-to-explain storyline. But it didn't. And those other two races were uh, more of, like, the sort of non-traditional championship in a way, yeah. I guess you could say. But um, maybe we could talk about Hemrick first because, I mean, and, and I actually haven't gotten your thoughts on the, the incident, uh, the, how he won that race, too. So that was a very thrilling ending, obviously. Uh, wins his first career race and the championship at the same time. Um, I guess, first of all, your impressions of, of him as, as the Xfinity champ. Most, I don't want to be a prisoner of the moment, but it was the... Is he the most popular winner, race winner, champion we've seen in a while? It, it feels like this, like well, his. Chase Elliott won the championship. Yeah, but I mean, I'm talking like I, I, garage, I'm talking. Yeah, mean? in the garage. Oh, yeah, yeah in the garage. Him, like it was a pretty well received across the board. Like I'm, we're really happy for this guy to do it. Um, Bubba Wallace was sitting there, you know, watching this unfold, and said he was more nervous watching this than he was at Talladega when he won his race, and that's telling to me. Uh, that was the biggest thing is this guy who is, I, I, I mean, I can't explain it. I mean, Daniel's a nice, he's a really nice man. I mean, he's great. I, I don't know. <laughs> he People love him. And I mean, he's a great guy, but there's a lot of great guys in the garage, but he's universally beloved. It's, it's, it's fascinating. He's a really good dude though. He but, really is. I guess. Like, what is his secret? I guess. Are you asking how to be a good person? Oh, that's that's impossible at this oh. point. I, that ship is sailed. <laughs> Trust me, there's a long that ship is long gone. <laughs> but it's it's just impressive. Like I mean, like I said, I think he's the most popular champion like among the in the garage we've had in a long time. Well, just I mean, they've seen his perseverance, and he's gone through so many ups and downs. Um, and I'm writing about that for my top five column too. But I mean, you know, he had to. He lost his ride at RCR, and then he goes to jrm in a partial schedule and really flopped i mean he's, yeah, he, he crashed he a lot drove over his head and let the mistakes pile up and you know he's talking about poppy bank his sponsor basically agreed to this deal that he had where he's like i'm not gonna race for a salary only i only get paid i don't get a paid a dime unless i finish top five each weekend mm. um and 
so he had to go race for you know he has a kid and stuff and it's not, i mean not saying he's poor but i mean he's got to put food on the table and if he was going out and not having a good season he would have gotten nothing so he bet on himself and that was how he got to jgr because that was the only terms that you know would go with what poppy bank was willing to pay for sponsorship and what jgr wanted for to put him in a car and um you take all that and you know it comes down to that move really late i mean i don't like, let's, let's talk about the move. I don't blame him for the move, and I don't think it was dirty. No. It was not a dirty move. However... It was aggressive. I don't think it was as clean as sort of like TV was making it out to be, and some of the fans... Well, it wasn't um, clean. I, I don't. I didn't, I didn't hear what TV said. I don't know how you could say it was clean. I mean, he got. It was an aggressive move. What you make in that situation, and it's you got to do it to win a championship, I guess. I have no problem with it. I don't. He didn't crash. He, he didn't crash Cindric. He didn't spit him out. Okay, here's the thing. You do like they were comparing it to like some of the great bump and runs, right? Like it wasn't to me. It wasn't really a bump and run. He bumped him, got alongside him, and then used him up to the start finish line. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like rubbed his door off yeah. to make sure that he won the race. He finished a, him off. A bump and run is I bumped you. Now I'm going to try to get under. You know, I knocked you out of the way. I'm going to try to get underneath you and race you, sort of like cleanly from that point. You know what I mean? And then you have a chance to race back, essentially. Um, and so, yeah, would have most people have done that, yes. But I guess I also felt like Austin Sindrick, I was just praising him at Martinsville because he decided to race Noah Gregson cleanly off that final corner and then at Martinsville. And then, at, and then afterwards said, it's really important to me to do, race the right way and race cleanly. And so to, for him to get knocked out of the way like that, okay. I thought he handled hey, hey, it very cleanly. He was very classy about it and didn't really take the bait of multiple questions. But it wasn't a clean... Like, again, I don't blame Hemrick. It was very exciting, and that was the move that I would have made, you would have made, many of us would have made. But it, I just don't think it was as clean as people were making it out to be. It's really easy for Austin Sindrick to say that at Martinsville when he is already locked in to the Final Four. He is not racing for anything really particular that day. And if he goes and puts a bumper to Gregson, it, it has championship implications, and he's kind of forcing his way into things. It's So it, it, the smart move is just to... That's a fair point. That's so, a fair point. And it also must be said, do we remember how Austin Sindrick won his first ever NASCAR National Steering Steering Race? No, and, but but the thing is, I he's spoken about how it's he's matured, and now it's, it's now important to him to... Yeah race with like really you know respectful and i I think 99 percent of the time is the case i think it's the circumstances are very very different when you are one corner away and the championship is in front of you i think that's true i just don't think that like i don't think you would would truex have done that i don't know no because truex is like the cleanest racer he would not have bumped somebody out of the way for a championship oh hang on hang on we would have said the same exact thing about daniel hemrick before last night and i talked to bubba wallace about this Bubba Wallace, and this is on the athletic story. Bubba Wallace told me, I have been telling Daniel Hemrick for years, race like you did in legend cars. Don't be afraid to put a bumper to somebody, and he won't do it. We would have said the same exact thing about Daniel Hemrick before last night, before the last lap, before that last corner, that Daniel Hemrick races clean, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But when he's placed in that moment, when he's got a championship before him, what did he do? No, you're right. And look, I mean, NASCAR clearly they love it. This not is- only you know, welcomes this, but actively encourages it. This is what they want. Yeah, this, this is, is highlight exactly real. This is exactly what they want yeah. when they made this format, when they made this championship. So I don't 
dispute any of that. I don't fault any of that. But as I've been thinking more and more over these last couple of weeks about the whole respect thing and all this stuff, and again, I sound so old and so out of touch. Totally get that. But I do like to see... I, as I get older, I like I have an I, I think my appreciation is growing for the truly clean racing moments, the exciting moments that don't necessarily have to have contact because I think almost it seems like every moment, every big moment has contact now. Like every every like Talladega coming to the stripe, oh they bang doors and stuff. Like I, it, that's fine, but I I feel like almost the exception is like the, the just purely clean moves, and I I like that because that shows a lot of talent. But again, Daniel Hemmert completely deserved, completely justified. I would have done the same thing in his shoes because I would have like knocked you out of the way or whoever out of the way. Of course way. you would have. Yeah. I, I know mean, you would have. Absolutely. I mean, that's what you got to do. This is what the position they put put you in. So yeah. That's what I'm saying. I think it's why you, you can't say that no one's going to do that. So I don't know if Truex would do it because I don't know. We just don't. Yeah. So um, Ben Rhodes, one of the greatest press conferences of yeah, all time. I couldn't think of a better one. Maybe one of Tony Stewart's when he was, you know, 2011, and he's he's rolling and and uh, just calling everybody out. Um, Brad Keselowski at Phoenix, 2012 in the playoffs, was really really good. Didn't he have like a he just lambasted all the veterans in the sport and put everybody in notice? Yeah, he blasted people that day. I can't yeah, what it was. so that was pretty good. But this was the most fun, lively press. It, it was phenomenal. The nice thing for Ben is it's great that he won the championship. That press conference will probably do more for his career than winning this championship. Yeah, well. he's known more for that now. 100%. And yeah. it's a good way. In a good way, by the way. Yeah. In a sponsor-driven sport where you need funding and you need people behind you, that is a great way to get and your name And all the drivers there. were paying attention to it because, like Kyle Larson said tonight, <laughs> I was actively trying not to be Ben Rhodes. And yeah. I didn't want to come in and give you guys a Ben Rhodes moment. Yeah. And let me just say this. I'm actively disappointed that <laughs> we did not get this moment because I was hoping – that Kyle Larson was going to have indulged himself. and He did have one drink, Yeah, Captain and Diet. He nursed that thing. He needed a nipple on that thing the way he was nursing it. Yeah. I it mean, was pretty weak. It was, like, almost melted. Like all I, I saw it handed to him at the barn. Yeah. And, yeah, he, that he's, had, he's been drinking that thing for 45 minutes. Yeah. Uh, Caitlin Larson, who I also talked to for my <laughs> scene story, um, you know, her whole thing is – like she's not a big drinker. She's really not. <laughs> and I, t- I talked to her um, when when I went to the Knoxville Nationals for that story about their merchandise sales because she has um, uh, shotgun sweetie T-shirts because her maiden name was Sweet. And a picture of her like an illustration of her shotgunning a beer, and they're selling like hotcakes for like twenty five bucks or something. These people buy T-shirt Caitlin Larson T-shirts. But the whole thing is, she had said at the time, you know, I, I just do. I, I'm not a drinker. I'm not a partier. I just shotgun one beer when he wins, and that's it. And, but I'm known for this. But not tonight. Not tonight. She was shotgunning beer after beer. Uh-huh. Like, um, so good for her. She's celebrating a big day. They had a lot of friends here. Oh, yeah. Um, I, I saw a crowd chanting her name louder than they were chanting Kyle Larson's. I kid you not. People want to see people it drink was, beer. It's like watching Stone she Cold. She was off the stage. It's Stone Cold's a great ass. <laughs> she was off the stage. Jim France, Steve Phelps, Kyle Larson. France kind of goes off. It's Phelps and Larson, and all of a sudden, like you hear Caitlin's name start. Like it starts like just echo, you know, just the chant, and they kind of like push her up there reluctantly, and she finds some beers, and she did it. She had a tool. With oh, she her. came prepared. Yeah, this ain't her first. <laughs> she was helping other people uh, who wanted a shotgun. Yes, from she there. has. Um, 
from their family, friends and family group they had, they had brought. She was helping them crack open their beers with the She's living the gimmick. You got to sell it. Yeah, that's, that's what you yeah. do. She was, she was all over it. Um, anyway, yeah, so Ben Rhodes, um, you know, really has come a long way, though, because one thing about Ben Rhodes and, he, like, he came in and he was kind of a hot prospect, and then he he was, like, I don't know how to describe it, he, like, he was just a weapon, kind of, right? I yeah, mean, he, was he, was young, he was a young driver. He was like a lot of young drivers. Comes yeah. in, trying to make a name for himself, given a great opportunity with, uh, with a big team. This is kind of, and this is an unfortunate reality in this sport where young drivers now really only get a, a small window to make himself. He struggled, and it was it was he didn't do well, and it took him a long time to kind of reestablish himself. But so I say that, and he's the only driver um, in the truck series to not have a DNF this year. Yeah, I mean. He really, and, and in fact, his last DNF was, uh, you go back to Daytona from um, the season opener, Daytona from last year. So suddenly, that's impressive. And, and he's 24 years old. So that's imp- really, yeah. I would not. Have, oh, wow, wow. So he's like a veteran in the truck series. Now has a championship, um, and he's starting to figure out how to race a little bit. Yeah, I was gonna say this is a guy where I mean, legitimately, I would even before the championship. I just want to say, like, he you could watch him this year. You could. He's a guy who deserves a shot. And like, if I'm a bigger team and I'm looking at somebody, I'm like, that's a kid I want. Like you said, learned patience. He knows how to make the best of his equipment. Doesn't overextend himself. Willing knows when to push it when not. I, he's 24 years old. This is that's that kid's. You know. I'm. You know. I'm not saying that he's suddenly going to become like a hot prospect again overnight. But I think, given his age, he should and be. Like I, I think there's, if he can continue this. Sure. Like upswing, you know? No, I, I think it's a fair conversation because I, I've had this. I've talked to a lot of people this year. We had it, it seems like over the last few years we just have had a lot of young drivers come up and make like a huge impact. You know, like a William Byron, Eric Jones, Bell, list goes on and on. It feels like right now, especially in the Xfinity Truck Series, they're really. I mean, Ty Gibbs is, is an exception. There's a couple other ones too, but there really is kind of a, a dearth of those young stud prospects coming up. And it's like, well, wait a second, we actually may be overlooking one actually. Yeah, no, I mean, I and it's been proven that if you, you know, you can make a name for yourself in those. I mean, there's there's an opportunity to move up if you be if you get that label attached to you. Absolutely. And and I think you can overcome a lot, even if you've sort of flamed out before. I mean, it's it's such a tough thing to put these labels on these young drivers, especially. I agree. Who haven't really gotten to grow up yet, and and people are out on them so quickly. And I think Hemrick's the same thing. There's a, there's a long list of guys who I mean Hemrick got one season in Cup, and then he was gone. Yeah, it was a sponsor, and I will to this day. Eric Jones is one of those guys, and I understand he you know Gibbs or whatever. The dude won the Southern 500 in 2019. He beat Kyle Busch straight up at Darlington. You don't do that without being uber talented. There is a long list of guys who just have gotten shuffled out. For whatever reason, and you know, it, it's really hard to claw your way back. So, uh, I, I mean, do you have any final thoughts on next gen in general? I mean, um, I mean, we're, we're going to be talking. We'll have off season podcasts, I assume, but it the game changer is here now. This yeah. is we're closing the chapter on this car, and I really don't know what to expect. Like a year from now, when we're sitting here at Phoenix. Wow, it is so such a mystery to me. Like even Denny Hamlin said after, you know, I kind of like this car. I don't know if we're going to be good. I don't know if our team's going to be good next year. 
I, I think that the bigger teams will always have an advantage still because of the engineering and all that oh, stuff. Oh, there's, but, yeah. You know, it's all going to be the same cars, um, except for the motors. I have no idea what to think for next year. Who's going to be good? I think we're going to see, and from I've had this, maybe you've had the same conversations with people, but I think we're going to see such a topsy-turvy year where you're going to have one team hit on it for a month, you know, six yeah. weeks, and then another team is going to come out and they're going to kick everybody's butt for a couple of weeks. And then another team. It's just going to be up and down. And We're going to have to be really careful on this podcast not to jump to a lot of conclusions. No. What's this podcast is all about? <laughs> this podcast is about instantaneous, live in the moment, uh, uh, over the top uh, I would exuberance. be scared to go back and listen to some of our podcasts from early in the year. Despite Larson ended up winning anyway, like how we thought, or you know, through yeah. much of the summer. Like some of those Truex podcasts were like, oh, this is just he's No, I stand by those guys. I, I said that Truex was a threat to win the championship and it was a championship. Well, he did finish contender. second. I was gonna say he finished so. second and he was one caution away from maybe winning this race. I, I don't that's think true. that's I not mean, a bad take. The narrative right? does so yeah, two two, true. not to beat my own horn or anything, but here we go. So we were both right, is that what you're saying? I think we can agree to agree okay. on this. Well let's talk about the was it a good race poll. <laughs> oh god. Uh of course I picked up a season clinching win last uh, week. Blah blah. I don't wanna you know, go over it. I already texted you about it with um, a celebratory GIF and all that stuff. And then, um, can I spray you with water? No, I'd rather not. This is very expensive podcast equipment. So, um, <laughs> nothing but the top of the line. Yes. I don't want to wreck your shirt either. But, um, your yes. shirt matches your hat, by the way. I just noticed that. Yeah. I'm wearing double Travis Matthew stuff for championship day. Oh, you know, why you're always a snappy dresser. What's who's Travis Matthews? Uh, well, he makes the hats that I wear. Oh, okay. And so I ha I got a shirt and a hat. Oh, look at you. It's a golf thing, even though I don't golf. Yeah, I got you. Sorry. You know, it's all good. A, it's a golf. I like hats that don't have uh, logos, stuff like that. Logos on. Yeah, That's we why I wear these it. hats all the time. If yeah. you guys see me around. No, I get this it. This is yeah. the end of this hat, though. I was going to say, it looks like it's a little warm, but, you know, one hat a year. You know, one time I was wearing this hat uh, here at Phoenix. Not this one, but another Travis Matthew hat. And now our... Uh, champion Kyle Larson he came up to me and he's like he like gave a deep sigh or something and I was like <laughs> what, what happened he's like I just bought that hat at the Travis Matthews store in Scottsdale and now I can't wear that because that's the hat you wear like, he's like do you want a hat I was like, no that's okay thank you he was so he was so pissy he just the bought the <laughs> I love this story so much he just bought the hat he, just I bought, hope he, I saved he, the receipt. he bought other hats too because he's, he's a golf guy, so he buys the golf apparel. <laughs> anyway, he didn't want to dress like you. <laughs> <laughs> I love this he story was so much. So, uh, oh. Yeah, that was a few years ago though. Oh, but anyway, crying. I gotta I gotta buy a new hat after this because I, I wear this one and then and make then sure you gone. consult Kyle before you. Yeah. Do. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, uh, what's your final? Was it a good race poll? Guess for. Uh, for this race, I, I I don't know I I I, I don't I don't have any of the the data. I don't know. Up, I, so I didn't look at it. I'd just say eighty percent. I really liked it a lot. I, I think it's gonna get dinged because it didn't have those like you know wow incredible moments. You know what I'm talking about. But I thought I thought this was a really really good race. This was a great race. But I, I would just say eighty just because I think people are gonna kind of knock it down just because it didn't have that you know that oh wow did you see that moment. Yeah, I think I think you're uh, just kind of like last week. 
um, which we both underestimated last oh, week. Shit, I was thinking 92. I'm I'm so kicking myself. You you really thought last I was, was really thinking. I was 90s? like, oh, I'm like, no, that's gonna be too high. He's gonna make fun of me, and I, I can't deal with that emotionally. Yeah, I I think it's gonna be like 86 ish. Yeah. Maybe I I feel like popular 86. champion. Yeah, I mean it was a good race. I mean the fans freaking loved it. Yeah. Um, Great burnout at the end. That was a great burnout. I mean, people we had some great crazy. burnouts we, all weekend, actually. We both ran out to the front stretch. You could just, the crowd was just lit. I, I said at the beginning of this podcast, the crowd here, I mean, listen, Homestead was great. Phenomenal track. Best mile and a half racetrack in NASCAR, not close. The crowd here, I, I'm sorry, it was better than anything I've seen in Homestead. And I, and I again, I, I've only been in Homestead. I'll, for the, I'll, I'll give you that. I, and I'll I, give you I, that. I haven't been to, I've only been going to Homestead since 2014. You have been much longer. So you can speak to that better. Oh, man. I, you know, I, mean, I don't know. At times t- like this, you start to feel like you're old. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's what I was gonna say. This was my 15th straight championship race today. Oh, Jeffrey. I know. <laughs> you and Ben Rose now call me Jeffrey, huh? I uh-huh. have a question for you. Uh-huh. I mean, change this. Uh, speaking of Kyle Larson, and I've noticed this a lot lately. The he the reception he gets is incredible. Like he the popularity. He's he's incredibly popular. Dare I say? The reception he gets some places, maybe all the tracks now, is louder than Chase Elliott. Think so? I, uh, I I, that's that. what I'm asking. I, it feels like it to me. You're the better judge at this than I am. What I'm asking, though, as popular as Larson is across motorsports with everything he does, blue-collar, grassroots guy, could you see an avenue where Larson unseats Elliott as most popular driver? No, because here's why. NASCAR fans don't love winners. Okay. And so, assuming Larson is going to keep winning, yeah, eventually sure. people will get tired of that. This was just his first championship. You're, you're right. You're Jimmy right. Johnson, when he won his first championship, I don't think got super amount of booze. People were like, oh, that's cool. Jimmy that's Johnson cute. won. <laughs> and then Jimmy Johnson won five straight championships. Yeah, people were, were, were booing the crap out of him by the end of it. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I think that right now he's very popular, and he's not going to do anything to, like, make people mad i guess you know like except for winning a lot i mean tyler courtney was saying in victory lane he said unfortunately for the nascar guys um he's he's just getting started he's just getting good and they're gonna have to deal with what you know we in the sprint car world had to deal with for like the last 10 years so yeah all right well speaking of kyle larson we were talking about you and then we got whisked back here to like <laughs> speak to you in person so hello you're on our podcast now thank you this is uh the biggest podcast i've ever been on i think so <laughs> it's so a little bar for us <laughs> we uh understand that you know this is probably the biggest honor of your life aside from other stuff that's yeah 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 i mean winning the championship's great everything but let's be honest i mean this is this <laughs> no, is where it's at it's cliff cool. you coming to join us too or don't no? i don't know so listen um i saw you win the knoxville nationals this year and at the time it seemed like man that was like about as big as it gets like the crowd was lit like the atmosphere amazing but i mean is this like does this top it tonight <laughs> i mean i think you could rank those two for sure uh at the top i mean this one's probably the biggest though um you know with winning the race and winning a championship too so um the atmosphere here was pro i mean yeah this is probably bigger i mean the atmosphere here was I mean, there was way more fans uh, here at this race, and it was loud. Uh, it was loud during the, the uh, ride-alongs in the truck and on the stage and stuff. So, 
Um, I think the atmosphere is, to me, what makes an event big, and, and this one was, I mean, sold-out crowd. <laughs> Have you checked your phone yet? I haven't. I haven't I haven't been to my phone yet. Oh, I've, I was I've been nonstop doing <laughs> pictures and interviews and toasting stuff in uh, the barn over there, so... I feel like this has been going on longer than the race took. So uh, <laughs> Your phone is gonna have it's like, like five hours since the race ended. I think so. Are you serious? Yeah. Yeah. So it's, that's five I'm hours. I'm in a second suit. I, we changed suits. So, <laughs> um, you had a backup. Yeah, backup suit. So uh, you guys are my last one, though. I think. Uh, we'll wow. be quick. I promise. This is like last. This <laughs> no is pressure. Like, I'm not rushing you along either. By me, I'm not rushing you along by me saying that either. Yeah, did or anything. Last yet? and least. I'm starving. I'm starving right now. We're gonna get some In-N-Out Burger in. Uh, oh. Yeah, go enjoy the night. So, you know, you, you've celebrated a lot of big wins. What, what is that feeling like? You get out of the car, you know, you're raising your hands and like in triumph. You've done that over and over again in so many different races. Like, what is that feeling like to do that here in NASCAR? Is it, is it the same feeling every time? Is it, is it a different feeling? It's, I mean, it's a similar feeling, I think, to every race. Like, I, I get pumped up no matter what race it is I win. Um, obviously, the, the bigger ones... They they hit they hit harder uh, for sure. Um, you know I had tears flowing in my helmet. Uh, at, at a lot of races that I win, I feel like I, I end up tearing up. You know before I ever get to victory lane, you know just because they're whether they be tough wins or just you know whatever it may be, they're all they're all special. So this one though, I think with the you know me not ever really knowing if I'd race a Cup car again. And then you're coming back a year and a half later and uh, winning a championship. It just it it really just feels like a dream. Uh, your your dad is kind of a sap. Are you kind of worried that you're turning into your dad <laughs> at such a young age? So yeah, I've always joked with my with my dad. You know my so my grandpa, his dad, uh, he was a big crier. Um, my dad is a big crier. and I've turned into I think being a bigger crier than the both of them. So. Um, <laughs> Yeah, it's, I don't know, I, I, like, I feel bad for making fun of him, you know, as a child, because now, like, I'm that guy, and I just appreciate a lot of stuff, and, um, I don't know, it's, it's good, it's good. I think it's really good to, to you know, shed emotion, and, and uh, whether it be happy stuff, sad stuff, mostly, most of the time, it's happy stuff that I cry for, um, and I would say I cry more often when I see other people, you know, enjoying success, so, um, yeah, maybe that's just a Larson gene. <laughs> Is it the moments with these, the interacting with the team like this, behind the scenes, you know, celebrating that that really makes it all kind of sink in, appreciate it more? Definitely, I think to me too, and that's you. Know, you I get feel like I get asked a lot about like this week, you know, pressure and stuff, and to me, it's it's more pressure to deliver for all these you know men and women who put so much hard work in, and then yeah, once you win and see us all celebrating five hours after and. Yeah, this is the beginning of the night too. So um, you got to eat an out burger. Yeah, yeah, and then we're gonna, we're gonna go out. We're gonna have some drinks uh, in Scottsdale, I think. So, yeah, to me, celebrating with them is what. In any team that I win for, I think seeing the excitement on their faces uh, is what makes me enjoy me more because they're the ones who really put in the long hours, the the tough hours, sacrifices, um, and everything. You know, so that's what makes winning to me feel really special. How do you keep challenging yourself now? Because, like, you had said at Knoxville that you were really happy to get that feeling again that, like, of the nerves and the butterflies of, like, oh, you know, like, you would miss that because it, it, I mean, you win a lot. It kind of goes away. I assume you probably had that maybe at times say, I don't, I don't want to put words in your mouth. But how do you keep that and keep challenging yourself, keep pushing yourself? 
Yeah, today, today, my emotions, you know, the, the couple hours leading in the race was very similar to Knoxville, and I was, I was happy to feel that because, you know, I was able to feel that and win at Knoxville, and I felt like, okay, I can, I've got these feelings, and I can manage my way through them. So, because I've done it before, um, and so yeah, I mean, you have, I've won a lot of big races, and I think to me, to challenge myself, like I'm still 29, but I, I like you know, running, just challenge, challenging myself with other disciplines. You know, like I ran a freaking USPKS race, go-kart race, <laughs> got my ass kicked uh, a few weeks ago. And and that was, I told Josh Wise and Scott Speed, I was like, they're like, you know, what do you think? I was like, I honestly am enjoying being frustrated. And I think, mm. and, you know, challenging yourself and being frustrated only makes you grow as a driver and, and grow quickly too. So, um, whatever it may be, I mean, I, I'm, I'm down to try any sort of vehicle. Well, I, I won't ask you the obligatory Indy 500 question. You've answered that yeah. many times over, but beyond that, what else are you looking at? And you know what? That is something that really intrigues me. Like that is, that is something I want to do. I don't know. There's, there's so many things. Like I, I'm, I'm honestly down for anything. Um, you know, I, I feel like I, I would love to like, I mean, like I said, I'd love to try anything. And and that'll get you in trouble, by the way. Yeah, <laughs> I, I don't think so. I think it'd get me into it. It'd, it'd be fun. But uh, I don't really follow F1 a whole bunch. But it'd be cool to like test one and then you know just see like what that is like or whatever. You know, I, I paid attention to the Coda weekend. I'm gonna go to Abu Dhabi in a few weeks just to experience that. I've never been to Formula One race, so. Um, I would love to, to experience the speed and grip and all that. And uh, I don't know, who knows, some, sometime down the road, maybe competing in an event. So there's all sorts of things that I want to do. Um, I'm, like I said, I'm willing to try any and everything. Why, why are you going to Abu Dhabi? How, how did that come about? Well, I don't know. I always, I don't, like I said, I don't follow F1 that much, but I feel like their schedules normally end before our season does. And then this year, we were sitting yeah. in lounge like a couple months ago and John Edwards was like, yeah, they're, you know, their finale is in December. I was like, December, really? They got four races left after this yeah. weekend. I was like, wow, I could, I could go to a race and go watch. So yeah, we're going to go, Caitlin and I are going to go to fly into Dubai and go to Abu Dhabi and <laughs> enjoy that. So, um, I've always wanted to go to F1 race, but it's in another country. So I, I can't really do that while I'm racing. So it, it just works out to where, you know, I'm not uh, racing anything that weekend and can go experience something new. I, I saw some, you know, private, the private conversations you have with people after you win these. You know, you talked to Jim France earlier, you talked to Steve Phelps, the other drivers. What are some of those moments like and what has really stood out to you? Well, I think to me just um, seeing the, you know, how everybody is genuinely happy to see me win, uh, win the championship. And I think that's, you, they realize the journey that I went through the last year and a half and, um, so yeah, it means it means the world to me when I have fellow competitors come up to me and you know, past champions, uh, you know, thank you know not thank me but you know just say good job and because they they know they've experienced everything that I've gotten to experience now these last five hours and you know, they got to soak it in and I'm trying to soak it in and uh, I just hope that I can represent the sport you know to to NASCAR's ex expectations as well as uh, you represent the sport as good as all the other champions have. Kyle, each week on this podcast, we make a guess before the Was It a Good Race poll comes out to try to like see what people are going to say. 
Jordan thinks it's going to be 80. I said it's going to be 86. Would you like to take a guess on what the Was It A Good Race poll result will be tomorrow morning? Well, from my seat, it was a good race. Um, whether I won or not, like it was an exciting race. I feel like I'm a fan favorite, so I feel like I feel. Like, what'd you? Your mid 80s. 80s. Yeah, I think it's gonna be. I mean, 90s. I don't pushing fall, it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Has there been many above 90? Martinsville got 92, but that was only like the third one of the year that got in the 90s. Gotcha. If so. Chase would have won today, it would definitely been like 96. <laughs> but I feel like I feel like yeah, you guys are you guys are close. I'm. I would love to go to the higher side of things. So I'll go. I'll go 89. And oh, hoping, okay. I thought hoping, you were gonna box me in like Price is Right, like go like eighty six point one or no, something. No, hoping that it'll be above eighty nine and be into the nineties. Okay, okay. Well, thank you very much for joining us, and uh, we look forward to seeing your celebration. I know it's gonna be a big one. So yeah, thank you. I, I look uh, look forward to the rest of the night now. All right, everybody. There you have it. That was Kyle Larson just joining us on the teardown. We didn't know that was gonna happen, so we did the whole teardown, and now we're going to say farewell, but not for long, Jordan, because. We're going to do some off-season podcasting, right? Will, will you still want to Zoom with me or talk to me or something? Can I let you know in like a week or something? Oh, okay. or is this well, like maybe a, we won't have to make any. a decision now. Maybe we won't do any. Maybe we're tired of each other. I am. I mean, you're tired of me. I'm tired of you. Wow, you're tired of me? Well, I was putting words in your mouth, but I assumed you were. No, I so. like spending time. Wow, this hurts. Okay, well, I thought you just said you didn't want a podcast, so. Wow. Anyway, maybe we'll do one. Maybe we won't. Uh, <laughs> we got some we Formula One coming out, appreciate, so that's good. We appreciate all you for listening. Uh, all year long, we appreciate your support on the teardown. We like doubled our listenership yes. this year. It's been Big a lot of year fun. on the teardown here. So in all to sincerity, all you guys for it, that. people yeah. listening to this, it, it blows my. I I have heard more people this year, each as the year goes along, of how many people listen to this, and it blows my mind that people yeah. not only listen but they love it. They they seem to be into it, and well, honestly, and we we love them right back for for just being nice to us. For I mean, my cold you. jaded heart, thank you. Yes, and so Jordan would like to wish you a Merry Christmas, of course. And happy happy off-season. <laughs> happy off-season, which is like no off-season, by the way. By the way, we've got a test next week. <laughs> yeah. Everyone, um, thank you so much for listening to us and supporting us all year long. And uh, we will talk to you very soon, hopefully, next time on The Teardown.